Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Jay Anelli. <laughs> no! We again, with this, we gonna... again with this bit? I'm, I'm going to do it every week. I, I just I just am. No, I'm, <sighs> I'm Chris Delano, but we're both on this podcast episode together, so we're here. Yes. For for once and the very... From, for the first time in a long time, Jay is on a podcast episode with me, so had to had to do it again. <laughs> All right. Well, this week we are going to talk about the world of Dominaria, a high-level overview of the world. So we covered Dominaria in depth at the very beginning of our podcast. Like, I, w- I wouldn't even go back and listen to them, honestly. They're, they're probably still pretty good, but like we have learned so much since then, both in terms of how to do a podcast without one of us droning on and on forever. And uh, <laughs> that's still going to happen. That is still the yeah. plan. <laughs> yeah. But basically, our, our initial podcast episodes were about Dominaria. And so now we're kind of tackling it the way we would tackle the world of kind of episodes uh, these days. So we're doing things a little bit differently. You, we're going to be covering it through most of the summer. You had such a good opportunity to say that since then we've learned a lot about podcasting, Dominaria, and ourselves. Uh, because those are all pre-transition for me. The True. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. We're just going to make better episodes with like more updated information. <laughs> so like whatever. Yeah. We've had, amazingly, we've had like a whole set on Dominaria since we recorded our episodes before Dominaria. Uh-huh. So let's go ahead and uh, dive in. Now, before we do anything else, I do want to mention that next week is the July 4th. It's the Independence Day holiday in the United States. Uh, so we will not be having a podcast cause we all are just taking the week off. Um, and then we'll be back after that. And, uh, I think we're going to, we're going to have Ethan Fleischer on, uh, in a few weeks. Um, we're going to have lots of fun episodes on Dominaria. Oh, holy shit. We have a schedule. Yeah. 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 yeah we, we've, we've got, we've got stuff scheduled out for the rest of the year, actually. Yeah. No, that's what I'm looking at it. And that's, that's, look at, look at us go. Look at us having control of our fates. Jay turned his OCD personality traits to the Vorthos cast schedule <laughs> earlier this month is what happened. Uh, and I went and put in all the dates that we know of for the rest of the year and what we should fit in. Anyway, let's talk about the world of Dominaria. So the thing you need to know about Dominaria is it's got a very long past. We will talk about those past historical events. That's not really what today's episode is about. But the things you should know about are, in general, in the past, um, there were many apocalypses, (laughs) most of which we'll talk about next time. But a few that are worth mentioning are like the Thran-Frexia War, where the Thran civilization, these ancient, very powerful artificers, disappeared basically overnight when stupid sexy Yagmoth essentially ignited a civil war between them. Uh, Then... A few millennia later, uh, someone you might have heard of named Urza detonated something called the Golgothian Silex uh, and ushered in the Ice Age, which destroyed most of civilization on the plane. Uh, that eventually got better. And then the... F- oh, and then what happened, Brian? <laughs> eventually, 3,000 years later. Yeah. <laughs> got better. Just, just a little bit. A little bit. Uh, then next up was the Phyrex Invasion, where... He- 
stupid sexy Yawkmoth is not so sexy anymore. Uh, he's now. A- I mean, maybe you think he's not so sexy anymore, but that that that's fair. And I, I, I will do a little. Uh, I'll say a little prayer for anyone who does think he's still sexy. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, he invades Omnaria. The Weatherlight and uh, Gerard are um, combined with the power of friendship and. Uh, Karn to <laughs> ignite the, the, the no moon <laughs> to blow uh, Yogmoth into Kingdom Come, and that ends that little pocket of apocalypse, which leads us back to the mending shortly there, <laughs> shortly thereafter, aka another thousand years. No, that was only that was only like three hundred years later. The mending. Yeah, something, right? something like that. I don't know. I'm not looking at the calendar right now. We can talk timeline in detail. Well, I know. I know it's 100 to Odyssey, and I think it's about 200, roughly. Yeah, I think from it's 300. Scourge to Time Spiral. Yeah. All right, fine. It's uh, 4205 and 42. I think it's 4205 is the Phyrexian invasion, 4305 and 306 is Odyssey and Onslaught, and then 4500 is uh, the, the mending. And then Dominaria, the set is forty five sixty. Uh, so anyway, after all of these cataclysms and <laughs> many, many more that we can we can talk about in in future episodes, uh, like the fabric of time and space was ruined on Dominaria. Uh, the whole plane was dying again, and uh, planeswalkers basically had to give up their sparks in order to seal these time rifts that had formed. And so what we see of Dominaria today is in the aftermath of that event, the Mending. It's now 60 years later, civilizations have begun to rebuild, things are flourishing, uh, and that's where we begin with Dominaria today. You know, one of the things we like to do when we do these uh, World of episodes, or like the history of a plane, we like to name all of the planeswalkers from that plane. So why don't we name all of the planeswalkers from Dominaria real quick? Hey, uh, no. <laughs> Absolutely I've got, I've got an hour to burn here. We might get through about half of them. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you just, you've asked for it. Hold on. Oh, God. Oh, what have God. you done? <laughs> who are from or who have visited and are from an indeterminate plane? Uh, let's say from Dominaria. Ram. Okay, hold on. Let me. Lurlurlurl's <laughs> got one. All right, hold on, hold on. Jay, I should have known that you had a list of this. In alphabetical order. Hold on. I'm bringing up my spreadsheet. I got spreadsheets. Oh, boy. Um, I'm sure I could just look at the wiki, too, and, and remember which is which. But, like, you are the wiki. We don't need that anymore. <laughs> we have you. <laughs> All right. So, Planeswalkers. Click. Yogma. My, my. Uh, <laughs> look here. I don't know. I don't know Woman. if any of the 14 de-sparked Planeswalkers are from uh, Dominaria. So, I'm going to skip them. Uh, Abian is not canon. Altair of Kalani. Um, let's see. Let's keep going down here. Is he confirmed? Uh, Bevy of Beebles, although that is non-canonical. Uh, Bolivar. I don't think... Oh, wait. Hold on. I can just click this and f- filter by Donaria. That's much easier than going through the entire list of like 80-something planeswalkers. Okay. Altair of Kalani, Bolivar, Chaney, Dak and Blackblade... Dyfed, Emberek, Eskel the White, Freyalise, Garth One-Eye, uh, Grenfell Moore, Jared Carthalian, uh, Jaya Ballard, Jessica, Karn, Christina the Woods, Kuthaman, uh, Liana of Minarad, 
Liliana Vess, Lord Windgrace, uh, Mazrath, Nicol Bolas, Ravidel, Teferi, uh, Tessabic, Tevzat, Ugin, Urza, Vashvroga, Venser, and Vram. Hell yeah. uh, I'm just a little upset that you put Lord Windgrace in the L section. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know how alphabetizing works? His name is Windgrace. Windgrace, comma, Lord. Comma Lord. <laughs> no, his first name is Lord. Uh, okay. Uh, canon. Sorry, that's canon now. I'm, I'm going to make sure I go in and edit the wiki to let everyone know that Windgrace's first name is Lord. Definitely canon. Yeah, yeah. Just like everything I say in this podcast. Well, so... Actually, Wingrace is a stage name. His full, his Lord Wingrace is uh, his stage name. His uh, real name is actually Maxwell Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Greensleeves. Briefly, I think she was desparked. I, I forgot to say Greensleeves as I went down the list. All right. <laughs> so you also you also left off Guybrush Threepwood and Yawgmoth. Guybrush. Is a planeswalker according to the list, but he is not from Dominar. I'm I'm just surprised. Is there actual confirmation that all the sages of Minarat are from Dominaria specifically? I know Emberek is, but like, I don't. I put them there because it's like it's a reasonable guess. Like, is it though? Yeah, I mean they're all hanging out on Dominaria. So hold on, let me see. Uh, I mean maybe they're not, but also let's move on. We can't dedicate much more time. <laughs> <laughs> I succeeded in sidelining the episode long, for, oh for longer than God. I expected, actually. All right, let's talk about Arona. <laughs> All right, so Arona is uh, a big continent on Dominaria. It is where a lot of the early magic stories were set. Uh, there are a lot of important, there are a lot of places on there, like a lot of little places that have appeared in stories over time, but there are really only a handful of like really important places. Uh, the first is farthest to the north in uh, like a subcontinent called Ice Haven is Keld, which is where all the Keldon barbarians live. And they're warlords. Uh, yeah, so mm -hmm. Radha, you might remember from the Please Step On Me stages of her art. Uh, <laughs> That's been all of them. She's oh, never yeah. not been like, I'm not sure which one you're looking at, Jay, but yeah, they're all of them. Step on me, face. <laughs> Every incarnation of Rada could kill me, and I would say thank you. She went from having the best abs in magic to having the best thighs in magic, and we appreciate her for that. That's why you don't skip leg day. Mm -hmm. So at, at a very high level for Keld, Keld used to be uh, these kind of marauding, they were the generic fantasy barbarians of Dominaria where they are these marauding hordes who fight wars to fight wars or for money or whatever. Um, these days they have become sort of this, they're like this rugged pioneer style nation of um, like blacksmiths um, who are all still, they're still very competent warriors, but Rada has dragged them into like modernity being self-sufficient um, their big magic resolves uh, around a war host and a um, a war leader, and basically the size of the war host powers up its leader, um, and that's basically all from the original Keldon card. It just its mechanics got turned into a uh, turned into the 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 plot for the whole nation, mm -hmm. uh, and they also have a religion that centers around the mountain. The mountain itself is not named. It's just the mountain. 
where the original Keldons uh, first got this power to become these Keldon warlords. Uh, to the south of them and warring with them on a regular basis is New Benalia, who are uh, the nation of knights, basically. So a long time ago, there was this old empire called Shiltan uh, that fell. Uh, a dude came along and reunited a whole lot, a whole swath of Arona um, called Benalia. And when he died, he left it to his seven followers and they have like a, they had like a power sharing agreement. So basically these seven noble houses control Benalia who has, who's in those houses has changed over time, especially mm-hmm. after the mending and the Phyrexian invasion. The one you should know is house Capuchin, which is uh, the house that the hero from the Weatherlight saga came from Gerard, uh, and also multiple characters from newer Dominaria, like Danatha, um, her father, whose name escapes me at the moment, and her brother, who oh, is... is it? Is it like Aaron or something? Yeah, I think it's like Raph is her brother. Raph, Raph is Raph is her brother, who is a uh, wizard. She herself is a knight, and then her father, uh, the leader of House Capuchin. I, his name escapes me. It, it doesn't matter. Um, the the Danatha and Raph are the only ones who have uh, uh, who have been named. Um, uh, yeah, if if I recall, Banalia kind of as a nation basically fell apart during the Phyrexian invasion, and then over the next couple hundred years was kind of isolated, more city state esque, and uh, kind of reconvened during the Mending Era. Yeah, so it 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 has really come back, and they oh Aaron Aaron yeah A R O N Aaron Capuchin yeah like the Pokemon. Um, <laughs> uh, so that is Benalia in a nutshell. Uh, I should also mention they've got the they're the ones with the stained glass motif, which they've gotten after the mending. Uh, there are several worshippers. Yeah, and they're also very much into Sarah, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, the big forest here is called. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, be. Me, they're Sarah worshippers, Jay. They're into Sarah, kind of. That's like saying, oh, yeah, we're all going down to church because we're kind of into Jesus. That's weird. It's weird I mean, to phrase it that way. Some people are just kind of into Jesus. Right? It's literally a state religion. That's like saying British journalists are just like kind of into transphobia. That's really underselling. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Lanawar uh, is this massive forest in Arona uh, to the south of Benalia. Uh, it is made up of a number of elf hames, uh, and basically there's a huge generational divide in the elves there. There are the youngins who are basically born after the mending. So there's a huge generation of, of elves who are like under 60, which is which is young for an elf. A 60-year-old elf is fairly young. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are like the millennials they have a different name but they're literally like a millennia or so older and there isn't much left in the middle there uh so it is a a very stratified nation they're more of the traditional fantasy elves Mm -hmm. some of them live up in the canopy some of them live on the outskirts and have a lot of half elves because they intermix with humans a whole lot uh some are very insular some aren't um we're not going to get into the individual elf names here uh, and then there's a little continent called Circe, which is important because it's the seat of the Church of Sarah. It's where Sarah herself died and sacrificed uh, herself to infuse her life force into Dominaria. And it's where all of the angels in the Church of Sarah are born. Now, what you should know about the Church of Sarah is they are legit. So magic does have a lot of religions that are like, 
they kind of suck <laughs> or uh, for various reasons. Uh, the Church of Sarah is legit. They are legitimately benevolent. They are legitimately defenders. Um, I'm sure the humans, I mean, maybe, maybe there are people who are not so great, but among the angels, they are all legitimately benevolent defenders. Um, and then to the west is a place called the Spice Isles, uh, which mostly matters because one of the Talarian academies is there, which we'll, I'll talk about a little later. Yeah, it's just, they're just like a small little group of islands out in the ocean that are like a major trading hub between uh, Erona and Tercier. Uh, there are also a bunch of islands to the east of Arona. Um, we're not going to talk about them because most of them are very minor or there are the settings for really old books that have never been referenced again. Um, but the big islands that matter are between Arona and the continent of Jamura. Um, those islands are called the Burning Isles. Yeah, I put my name next to it so I get to talk about it. Go Aha. for it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Burning Isles. Uh, I believe one of the other Talarian Academies is also here, right? The Orovada one? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's it's either in the Burning Isles or just above in those islands we mentioned before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Verona. Yeah, uh, what actually constitutes the Burning Isles is kind of fluid and depending on who you ask. But there's a crap load of islands in, in, in the sea, uh, the Voda Sea. Um, there are two main islands that are important. Uh, the first is Urborg. Uh, which is kind of a, a seat of black mana, uh, although the island is historically, um, you know, a, a kind of uh, forested swamp land. Um, see, this is the problem with like swamps being a basic land is that like, yeah, it's a wet forest, but like Urborg's always been wet forest, but never like not always the black mana swamp type place and blah, 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 blah. Um, anyway. Uh, it is mostly inhabited by, like, Ghibli-esque spirit towns, where just, like, wonky little ghost dudes wander around collecting trash, trading in arcane secrets and mystical objects, and, uh, just being, just being local, just, like, imagine any piece of media set in Louisiana, that's not in New Orleans and just like replace all the humans with like goofy little spirit dudes. And, and that's Urborg. Uh, except for this one location uh, of the Stronghold Ruins. Uh, during the Phyrexian invasion, the, uh, the seat of the invasion plans uh, got transposed onto Dominaria. And so uh, the Stronghold, at the time it was Krovax's Stronghold. Uh, it has belonged to a number of other people since. Um, it is this uh, horrifically evil Phyrexian ruin uh, that is kind of this nexus of black mana. You played the card game that this show is about. Uh, Urborg, <laughs> Tomb of Yawkworth, makes everything swamps. Uh, it's neat. Um, in the, uh, the modern era, it... Uh, has been infiltrated by the Cabal. It's where Belzenlock's seat of power was, where he tried to lay claim for all the evils of Dominaria's past. Um, uh, Depending on which canon you subscribe to, it might have been recently visited by Chandra Nalar yeah. and Garrick Wildspeaker. Yeah. Um, in the Boom comics, yep. Yeah, go listen to our episode, was it last week, about the Boom comics? Yes. Yeah. I wasn't on. I don't know. Um... Uh, and then the other main island of the Burning Isles is Bogardin, which is uh, a classic volcanic island. It is known for hammer magic and uh, phoenixes. <laughs> uh, there's uh, 
Bogardin shows up on uh, cards every now and then. Uh, there's also dragons there. Uh, it's like mini Shiv, kind of. <laughs> it's like the meaner Shiv. It, it, the yeah. Meaner and we'll get into Shiv in a minute. Like yeah. they use they use Bogardin in sets where Shiv is too far away, basically. <laughs> basically. I, I love that you refer to it as hammer magic. Uh, that's just throwing a hammer at someone. <laughs> over and over magic. again, because that's what that card does. <laughs> um, Make a magic hammer out of fire, like in Destiny. Very famous pyromancers come from there on Dominaria. Not Jaya, but other pyromancers. Uh, so then we have Jamura, which is the largest continent on the plane. Um, although most of it is desert and I'm not joking about that. So to the Northwest is the part most people think of when they think of Jamora. It's actually a relatively small section. Uh, that is where, uh, these three nations of Zalfir, Femoreth, and Sukata used to be. However, Zalfir, which is the Planeswalker Teferi's home nation, uh, was phased out during the Phyrexian invasion. And then during the mending, uh, it ended up the rift that Teferi had created was sealed before he could phase Zalfir back in, and he also didn't have the strength to do it himself anymore. And uh, he believed it was lost forever. Um, it would be really cool if Zalfir was united with the rest of Dominaria again. That would yeah, be a really fun that, thing. That, that would be story. great. Those are really, that's a really weird turn of phrase, Chris. I don't know why you <laughs> emphasize it like that. But um, it has come up again in like Tangles, it was mentioned. And this is like, so Teferi's pathos is that in his planeswalker arrogance when he was an old walker with godlike power he phased out his nation and lost it um and he ends up falling in love with a woman from um i think she was also from zelfir uh and has a daughter who lives in femoreth femoreth uh used to be part of zelfir uh they share a similar culture however Femoreth uh, broke off from zelfir basically because of teferi because teferi had instituted these um, these guilds and they did not like the uh, the guild practices for handling the dead if i recall correctly wow this is a lot of story that we can talk about when we uh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so, later so episode. then there's there's uh Sukata, which is like the it's very arab influenced um it is actually explicitly stated uh that a lot of people there are actually from a different plane called wildfire uh, which is very Arabian influenced. Magic has a lot of Arabian influenced planes. Is uh, is Wildfire the one with the planar portals that are like the giant desert twisters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that was I think that was Wildfire. I, I don't. It doesn't matter. Well, that that part doesn't matter. That's just explanation for why there's so much desert. So there's also a great desert that is home to a lot of Viashino. Uh, and dragons and to the north is an island continent called corridor which is the subject of a lot of the early magic well all, basically all of the early magic comics um uh, and then has rarely been visited since but that's where like the carthalians are from um to the southwest there isn't a lot to talk about most of it is covered in just a single book trilogy um or two book trilogies actually both of them take place in basically the same area uh there's another island off the uh east no west coast um called madara which is where nicobolus once uh was god emperor um but he was killed there by uh, a, a person called tetsuo umazawa and um now these cat dragons 
it's a long story that I'm not going to get into, but basically now <laughs> these cat dragons rule that, that country. Um, <clears throat> and then there's also the Sukurvian desert. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it, but basically it's where a bunch of these Leonin tribes are from, uh, like the Afravans, uh, of Jedit Ojanin fame. So if you know who Jedit Ojanin is, he's a rather famous legendary creature in magic. He is from this desert area. Um, there's another forest there called the Scarwood. Uh, there's some mountains and some other stuff going on there, but really all of that, that's all minor stuff. So uh, to, <laughs> to the Northeast are like, hold, hold on. Cause uh, I was, I was looking at this and I was like, wait, the great desert, but that sounds, they really did have two great deserts on, uh, Dominaria, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're mo- like multiple scar woods and yeah, yeah it, it's a whole thing. Uh, to the northeast of Jamora are basically the nations that were in the novel Prophecy and the set Prophecy and nowhere else. Uh, the Kipamu city-states, uh, Nakaya and Ventara are all there. We don't really know too much about them other than right before the Phyrexian invasion, they got invaded by Keld uh, and Teferi was there helping them out. Um, helping them fight back against the Keldans. Uh, and to the southeast is like just a massive desert called the Tivan Desert. There's really just, there's nothing else to say about it except it's like bigger than most of the land masses on Dominaria. Uh, to the south of Jumura is a uh, island called Calaman. Uh, this is only notable because notable it was in one of the uh, Portal, Portal 2nd edition, maybe? I but anyway, think so. Uh, the creative here was, uh, there was the nation of Aliborn, uh, who had these knights who had guns. And this is basically the only real firearms and magic. Uh, there are also Talus pirates who are these very technological pirates who have like, uh, sky ships and boats with motors and things. So, um, that is uh, a pretty interesting place that we have rarely visited since for obvious it's reasons because magic doesn't like having firearms <laughs> it's pretty incredible because like you know liliana and gideon went on this entire trek across dominaria to get the black blade when they could have just gotten a gun and shot nicol bolas <laughs> like bah, 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 bah. Yeah. imagine if nicol bolas had come to collect liliana and she just pulled a gun on him <laughs> <laughs> the story would have been so much faster <laughs> shot him in the face in the face. In the face. Did you remember to cast your Kevlar spell? Oh my god. Oh no. Continue. <laughs> Brian, you're up. Uh, the next area is Otaria, where as much as Jay doesn't like it, or as much as Lorelai doesn't like it, it is canon and it still exists. There's a lot of wonky stuff that happened here because like we we suffered with uh the Marari quest line and the uh Corona a chroma quest or not quest line storyline D and D on the brain. Sorry, everybody. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of wonky stuff that happens. All of it's because of Karn, like sent a malfunctioning probe to Nabinaria and, uh, it caused havoc on the continent. What? A planeswalker causing havoc on Dominaria? It's unheard of. I know, but believe me, it happened. Yeah, All because so- the Mirari. Otaria is weird, is in a weird spot because it's not really clear what's left there. Uh, in the first Dominaria, it's kind of implied it's just kind of a wasteland, but also that there may still be people in settlements there. We don't really know. The new uh, set might. It, 
it, it did establish that uh, regardless of what the surface is like, um, the Skirk Ridge goblins are still mining underneath it because they haven't stopped mining for hundreds of years. <laughs> and they have no idea what's happening on the surface, but they're still down there. And I think that's very good. So Shiv uh, is another big island nation uh, to the north. Uh, it is a very volcanic, arid volcanic landscape. Uh, inhabited by four major peoples uh, who, after the mending, have come together to form a single uh, nation called the Shivan Nation. So the Shivan Nation includes the Gitu, uh, which are a uh, nomadic tribe of people who are artificers and pyromancers. Um, It includes the goblins of Shiv. It includes the Viashino of Shiv, which are the talking lizard people. Uh, And includes the dragons, the intelligent dragons of Shiv. Uh, So they've all come together to form this big nation. Uh, The other big notable thing here is that there's an ancient Thran foundry called the Mana Rig there, which was really important during the original Phyrexian invasion. Uh, It was basically it produced power stones, which is used to power Thran technology. And it could also produce Thran steel, which was or Thran metal, which is basically indestructible. Love power stones. It's like, hey, what if a nuclear reactor was the size of a car battery and you could carry it in your pocket? Yeah. Also, it was radioactive and super duper would kill you over time. That's uh, <laughs> the mana rig is also where uh, uh, Joyra got uh, Teferi's spark back and uh, made him eat it. <laughs> Captured it in a power stone. So if you were not around during Dominaria, Teferi is given a power stone containing his spark that Joyra... I guess sucked out of the ambient energy of Shiv using the mana rig. Uh, and the joke is that to get his spark back, to he had it. to eat it. He had to crunch, he had to crunch the power stone. So if you weren't around for the story of Dominaria in 2018, good news in September, there will be an episode about Dominaria, the set <laughs> where we will talk about all of that. That's like only two months away. It's fine. Three. Uh, so then arguably one of the one of the most important continents in Dominaria's history is Teresier. A long, long time ago, this is where the Thran capital of Halcyon was located. Uh, the remnants of their civilization in the caverns below, the ca- uh, caves of Coyolos, is where the gate to Phyrexia is. And we'll talk about what that means at a future time. Uh, but basically, the first gateway to the machine hells was there. I just want you to appreciate my restraint here and not going off bad mouthing the Thran. They sucked. Yeah, the Thran are terrible. Like, imagine uh, they are very jingoistic, very um, manifest destiny. They believed themselves better than everyone else on Dominaria. So their fall, you know, wasn't a huge tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> the loss of them as a civilization it's just phyrexia is so much worse than they were um so then we had the millennia later this is also where the brothers war happened uh where urza and his brother mishra warred and eventually they both controlled two massive armies and divided the continent whoa between whoa them. spoilers for the brothers war which isn't out till the end of the year oh my goodness <laughs> i hope none of the wizards folks listening to this know that i just accidentally spoiled the plot to the brothers war days fired uh <laughs> literally no legit has been the weirdest set to have worked on because of this reason like it feels so weird being like, yeah, I, I worked on the Brothers War set and then also like turn around and just talk about the Brothers War. 
Yeah, I've had I've had several <laughs> minor panic attacks where like I think, oh my god, did I just spoil something? No, wait, this has been part of a story for thirty years. <laughs> um, well, we're going to talk about the Brothers War a lot and in detail after Dominaria United because we have a Brothers War set coming out. We're uh-huh. not going to talk about that right now. But anyway, I mentioned before the cataclysm uh, that led to the Ice Age. Uh, basically, Teresier was divided into uh, two peoples at that point, uh, the Kingdom of Keldor and the Balduvian Barbarians. Uh, at the end of the Ice Age, uh, Jaya and Joda ended up uh, forming a alliance between these two nations uh, who became New Argive based on the old Brothers War era nation of Argive, which was in the same geographic region these two nations were during the Ice Age. Um, if I remember correctly, it's Darian's daughter and Lavisa's son get married. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then in the modern day, the land itself is fractured. So during the Ice Age, it was still like one nation because there was so much permafrost and sea levels were lower. Well, when sea levels rose, basically there were three or four islands in this archipelago that formed. Uh, two of them don't matter very much. It's Golmani and uh, Golmani and Almaz. They've factored into some stories, but they're they're very minor. Uh, the two big ones that matter are Yavamaya which was around a lot in Dominaria. Uh, This was an intelligent forest uh, that was home to elves and intelligent apes um, and dinosaurs and thalids. Uh, And it has been expanding slowly and creating these like mangrove forests that are basically uniting this archipelago again as these trees and roots kind of span this sea between the bigger islands. Uh, the thing we didn't see a whole lot of was New Argive last time. We get like one or two cards there. Yeah, we got we um, got Baird, uh, the steward. The steward, of Argive. yeah. Uh, and it was those... basically just showing a combination of Kildoran and Balduvian styles in that one yep. character. Um, New Argive is a na- known for their artifice. Uh, they have their their capital Argivia has their own like. Um, college that is the equivalent of the Telerian Academy when it comes to artifice. Um, <clears throat> it is um, honestly, we don't know all that much about it because uh, <laughs> we haven't seen very much of it in hundreds of years. Uh, but I hope that we will rectify that. Yeah. I, th- I think the big thing is it competes with space with Benalia for like the broadly white aligned human civilization is uh, the other thing is my friend is, is uh, Argivia the city that used to be Penragon? Are they separate cities? I think so. There have been a bunch of cities on the same site. So yeah. Um, well, I know, I know, because it's it's like all built on Thran ruins, right? Yeah, like most of the major cities in Teresier were built on the ruins of Thran cities. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> did did anyone at at Wizards back in the day think about the fact that they had a warring nations called Keldor and Balduvia and then also warring nations called Keld and Benalia and no one like said maybe we should try a new naming convention eh no you're thinking too much Chris it's important to note that in the Brothers War era is where the other the great desert was yeah 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 you're right you're right yeah (laughs) uh which I, I guess there was a point where there were just two locations called the great desert except there are multiple places called the Voda Sea, so it happens. <laughs> Geography. Um, hey. Was that the end of Tercier? That was the end of Tercier. 
Oh, great. Talk about your favorite island nation? I get to talk about Sarpedia, uh, Dominaris, Australia. Uh, the, <laughs> the the southern, the continent out in the southern, the small continent out in the southern ocean that nobody cares about because it's far away from everything. Uh, Sarpedia uh is uh basically has only mattered in the fallen empire's stories um the sarpanian empire was referred to five civilizations there were the uh the acacians which is the white aligned human civilization the vodalian empire which is the blue aligned merfolk uh civilization in the voda sea surrounding sarpedia uh, there's the Order of the Ebon Hand, a, um, uh, a network of um, religious clerics and assassins um, that were black aligned in direct um, uh, opposition to Acacia. There were the Dwarven Kingdoms in uh, both the Northern and Southern Mountain Ranges, uh, and then the um, Havenwood Elves. And um, during the uh, the early stages of the Ice Age, as climate change overtakes Arpadia, um, warring forces with each of these uh, societies from within kind of uh, erodes them and the empires crumble. So Acacia gets overrun by uh, religious fanatics known as the Pharaohites, uh, who are violent inquisitors, burn at the stake type people. Um, the Vodalians uh, come under siege from the Homerids, lobster folks from the deep trenches who are uh, who favor cold waters and are encroaching on their lands and forces the Vodalians to travel halfway around the world and 3,000 years into the future, which is why the Vodacy moved at some point. Um, and... The Ebon Hand was like, hey, we can manufacture magical supplicants called thralls, and we can use them as servants and labor and ritual fodder. And then the thralls were like, actually, we don't like this. Uh, (laughs) And and, uh, killed their masters. It turns out creating a uh, slave race of intelligent beings is just not a good idea. It's just not but, a good idea. I mean, even 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 getting past the ethics of it, like, don't. It's bad. Yeah, it's all <laughs> bad things are going to happen to you. And like some, a lot of them are monstrous. Like you just created intelligent monsters with the means to murder you. Like the bad idea. Anyway. I created this thrall that's the mind stab thrall. It stabs minds. Yeah. Hopefully it won't stab mine. Um... <laughs> So the dwarves were fighting an ongoing and losing war against both goblins and orcs and were uh, swiftly overrun. The uh, orcs and goblin hordes uh, eventually did overtake Acacia, uh, which was weakened from within by the Firelights. And then, um, so if you thought one civilization being like, I'm going to create an intelligent slave race is bad enough, it it happened twice. (laughs) (laughs) On this one island at the, the same time. The, ha- the Havenwood Elves had no food, and so they were like, hey, what if we talk to these folks over at the Ebon Hand and learn how they made thralls and adapt that magic for our needs? They created this fungal race called the Thalids, and they're like, yeah, we can eat these mushroom people. And the Thalids were like, no, we're people, not food. And then there was a, an armed revolt, and uh, all the civilizations are dead, and the continent is basically just swarmed with thralls and thalids these days. 
Um, there, there isn't a whole lot there. Uh, we basically have no idea, uh, otherwise what's been happening with it. Um, I would love to know one day. I would love to poke back into modern Sarpedia, but, uh, it's basically known for this one set and some really, really good early magic lore. So we also have the Talarian Academies, which are like geographically distributed around the plane. There's one in the Spice Isles called Talaria West. Uh, there's one to the west of Teresier called Letnam, uh, which is the site of an old wizard school that Joda used to be in charge of, who I mentioned earlier. There's one in Orvada, uh, which is in that island chain. I think we mentioned that one earlier. There's one in the sea where the first original Talaria was destroyed <laughs> in the Frexian invasion. There's one that's been founded in its ruins at the bottom of the sea. For people like the cephalid octopus people and the merfolk to come study there. Uh, I don't know if any homerids are allowed to come study there, though. That might be something um, looking into. They probably would theoretically be allowed, but homerids culturally aren't very interested in that. They see other people mostly as food. Uh, and then there's also something known as the Shadow Academy. Uh, which is where the people who study stuff that's forbidden by the mainline academies... Um, go basically do stuff it's not really elaborated on they do give us a bunch of factions among the talarians so some people are like they follow baron or they follow rain uh so this is this husband and wife team who had very different styles uh there's also a faction called the mishrans the uh the society of mishra uh which are basically the modern day Hey, weren't those Phyrexian guys so cool? <laughs> Nothing could go wrong from experimenting with their stuff. Um, and that's if where you I, get characters. Had, oh, oh god! Uh, if I had a nickel for every time an artificer on Dominario went, oh, what is this old Phyrexian tech? I bet I can make this work for me. And then it goes disastrously wrong. I'd have like so many nickels. <laughs> it happens a lot yeah um what's the name of the character who is the known she's the scion of misha or whatever oh rona rona yeah yeah so we have a character uh, so aptly Gix. named nowadays disciple of gix yeah mm -hmm. but she is uh she would be part of the oh, society no. of misha i love rona i want to hear more about her so bad i have a commander deck for her this is your uh reminder to wear masks and get vaccinated moving on so <laughs> oh the, the boat to see the Vodacy. This is Lorelai's favorite place on Dominaria because this is where Screw the Vodalian least favorite. I hate Mer Merfolk Empire is located in the sea. There are a bunch of fascists. Yeah. Um. So the Vodalians are. It, it's a Merfolk Empire at the bottom of the sea. They are uh, advanced technologically, magically, but yeah, they are. They're a um military society yeah uh b but the recent leaders are more reformers on the reformer end um, uh yes it's mihail the second i think is the current emperor uh yes. who who is uh not of the military caste and he also married a commoner which is uh very good for him and they've they've got two <laughs> daughters who are like rebel artist types not not literal rebels but they're like not creature type rebel. No, no, right, exactly. They don't do um, that anymore. But that's that's all we really need to say about the the Vidalians. Uh They, I will say, they are the only ones to have a god who is got a literal god magic card in on Dominaria, and that is they have the um, they worship 
uh, Svelun, the like Svelun? god of the moon and sea or sea and sky or, or something along it's, those uh, lines. I mean, sea and, sea and sky. Uh, sea and her, sky. Sim- her symbol is the mist moon. Sarah Sarah's um, doing a pretty good worship Im- impression when you ultimate her planeswalker card, but she's not a creature type god though. Doesn't um, the worship so. The mist moon part leads me to kind of the the solar system, the obscure stuff on Dominaria. Uh-huh. So Dominaria has two moons. It is it exists in an actual solar system. Not all uh-huh. planes do. Uh, one's called the Glimmer Moon, and the other is called the Mist Moon. One of them is a giant Thran construct, which uh, Brian referenced earlier when talking about the Frexian invasion, and the other is the actual moon for the plane. Yeah, the uh, but, the the mist moon is the natural satellite, and the glimmer moon, which is also known as the null moon, is yeah. the Thran artifact. Uh, and then there's there's there are other planets in the solar system, right? I get to talk about Jinue. Jinue <laughs> is a planet closer to Dominaria's sun uh, that is apparently inhabited at least by dwarves. Um, yeah, Jinue is a planet. It exists. It's on this plane. Imagine planeswalking to Dominaria, but ending up on Jinue and going like, Hey, it's here. I'm on Dominaria. And everyone on Jinue going like, No, that one in the sky there is Dominaria. That would just be very funny to me. <laughs> uh, I took the wrong left turn in the Blind Eternities and ended up on Jinue. And just remember, weatherlight can travel in space. It traveled into space before. It can support life in space. Space adventure to Jinue when? Let's do it. Oh, I think man. if I think if Wizards ever wants to do like a spell jammer type of set uh that will make old lore fans happy is just set it in the solar system of Dominaria and just have yeah. their skyships which are the weatherlight is a spell jammer anyway. It is literally like uh-huh. I looked up spell jammer and the very first ship I saw I said, "Oh, that's the weather light. <laughs> Let's fucking go. <laughs> that would be really cool, actually. Um, but yeah. Uh, no, I I just think Jinue is very neat. Uh, yeah. With like Merit Lage, in, Merit Lage like acolytes in the place of Mind Flayers flying around. Oh, God, oh, that would be man. such a cool idea. Jay, How cool would that be? Please make sure this happens i, I can't this. make any of this happen no just me saying it probably means it's never gonna happen so no. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm also like now just laughing and thinking like everyone on on the planet dominaria being like oh Merrill age this horror from a, a, another plane and everyone on genuine being like wow finally we kicked Merrill age out i wonder where she went <laughs> <laughs> all right well that about covers it let's let's keep this episode at a reasonable length so should we move on to final thoughts yeah so my final thought is i am uh i'm very excited to see dominaria united um it i i i like dominaria a lot uh i wasn't around for a lot of old dominaria stuff but i ended up rereading a whole bunch of dominaria lore and even just doing like the Dominaria podcast episodes, those are our first episodes. It's very nostalgic, so I'm I'm very excited to be going back. And also, I love Joda, so I'm I'm very excited that Joda is right there on the cover of the key art in the key art. Uh, my final thought, super related to Dominaria United, not really. I I am very excited for Dominaria United, but we it's too early to talk about those set specific things yet but speaking of things uh, it is the 40th anniversary of john carpenter's the thing which is my oh, favorite nice. horror movie it's so uh, good 
And so uh, this this week there have been screenings of it back in theaters. Um, and so uh, I had a lovely date on uh, Wednesday uh, with the Paramore to go see the thing in a theater. Um, and that was sweet. Awesome. Um, that is so I cool. Got, I got to see it on the big screen and and with the, the theater sound and everything. It was just, it was a great experience. Uh, it was very impulsive. Uh, this is also, uh, by the way, the, the, the only time uh, Twitter's trending topics thing has ever been useful because I saw the thing was trending. And I was like, oh, what's that about? Click. Uh, brings nice. up a tweet from John Carpenter about the event. Here's <coughs> the link to go book tickets. And I was like, click. And I was like, hey, hey, you want to... Wednesday night, you want to go to this thing? And he was like, yeah. So we, we did. And it was great. It was a lot of fun. I, I had a good time. It is the best movie to go see if you want to distrust everyone you're seeing it with. <laughs> the first time, like, my friends and I all watched it together. We just, like, side-eying each other through the whole movie. <laughs> it's, the, it's the movie that turns everyone into a sussy baka. <laughs> oh, God. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Save us, Brian. Uh, my final thought is that... Uh, this weekend, or this past weekend, but when this comes out, uh, was the finale of Spy X Family, and I'm sure it was great, uh, and I'm sad that it was the season finale, but the uh, show's great, and if you haven't watched it, then now is a good time to binge it, because the first season was amazing, wholesome, full of intrigue and spy uh, shenanigans, it, it's it's great. It, it's a great anime, and the theme song is also amazing. So, or the intro song and the exit song, I guess too. Just all around great show, and I can't uh, say I can't be more effusive in my praise of that show. I just started watching it this week. It's really good. I'm like four episodes in, and I I need everyone to understand the weight of the words I'm about to say. It's fucking adorable yeah it's fucking delightful yeah. so, it is so, everything about it is just so fun um i'm very excited to to finish the season yeah well uh i barely talked this episode because i don't know anything about dominaria but so i'm gonna i'm gonna have two final thoughts uh because try and stop me i'll edit in another final thought <laughs> oh. uh, my first one <laughs> i'm so powerless <laughs> Oh, I'm clipping that and using that very often, Jay. Thank, yeah, thank you. Um, so uh, my first one is that I finally have some sour gummy worms. They could not find them in any store around me for like the last month. And my roommate found a two pound bag of them. And I am very happy. Hell yeah. Uh, my other final thought is that uh, I am moving uh, the day this should release, which is Monday, uh, June the 27th. Uh, will be the day before the movers come and move everything. I will probably be very busy if this episode comes out late. This is me apologizing for it being late, uh, but I'm going to try and get it out on Monday. Uh, otherwise, um, if you want updates on when this is going to come out, there's a great place to get those updates. I'll probably post about it on our Discord. And that's what we call a smooth segue. It's not actually a segue until I pick it up from you. I know. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here kind of like I'm doing finger guns at you. Now it I'm has crashed actually... and burned. <laughs> Where? Which direction is north? Okay. Up. I'm doing finger it. guns to the north. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So our, our Vorthos cast Discord community, it's a wonderful place where Vorthoses from around the world hang out and talk about magic stories. We got more comics coming out, by the way. They're great. Um, and 
we've got about a billion previews and that's been a very lively channel for discussion recently but uh if if that sounds like a cool place where you want to hang out with your peers and other uh folks in the fandom uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash the vorthos cast because everyone who supports our show gets access to that discord community and we would love to see more faces there uh we we love having that server it's it's a bunch of fun you get to hang out with us and hang out with a bunch of folks and talk about magic and it's great yeah well thank you all for listening this has been the vorthos cast